0: a barbecue. Sam wants to boil ham grace. boats for a bay stew. Jake wants a weenie baked steak and a layer cake. He'll get a tummy ache too.
1: We'll rent a tent or teepee. Let the town cry a cry. And if it's RSVP,
0: this is what i reply. In the cool, cool, cool of the Tell them I'll be there In the cool, cool, cool of the evening You better save a chair When the party's getting the glow on Singing fills the air In the shank of the night When the doings are right You can tell them
2: I'll be there
3: Hello and welcome to Top Shelf where we discuss food, spirits, and all the other things that make life worth living. We are the hosts, I am Adam, and this is Rex. Hi. Uh, Today we are recording from the heart of Little Tokyo, where there is no shortage of sushi, noodles, shabu-shabu, and yakitori. In the sea of Japanese cuisine lies an island of tasty Mediterranean goodness, Spitz Restaurant, home of the Duner Kebab. What's that? Never heard of the Dooner Kebab? It's just some of the best-tasting, thinly sliced barbecue meat that you'll ever have, slowly cooked over a vertical spit stuffed with wrapped flatbread ceremoniously joined with all sorts of tasty goodness excuse me so how did this european delight make it to la area two men one of which chose the restaurant business in lieu of law school bryce redmond and his college friend robert wickland they joined us today to discuss the beginning of spitz their delicious menu the love of food and of course drinking welcome boys how you doing? Thanks, Thanks for having us right on here. the uh, Into Your Fine Establishment, and welcome to the show. Yes. Good to be here. As just well. so
0: everyone knows, we are actually in a back alleyway because yes. our restaurant
3: is too loud. <laughs> that is true. There's a lot of people inside. There's, there's a lot of ambiance, let's just call it that. <laughs> there sure is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 did I say that correct? The, the, the Dooner
2: Kebab? Yeah, it's uh, the, the German, uh, uh Dooner. 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 All right. Actually, yeah. I was impressed with how you said it. Was it? Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Thank
0: you very much. Yeah. So, good. good job.
3: All right. How long have you guys been in this location? Because you have several locations. We'll get to that in a second. But in this, this location. one, we're
0: just coming up on three and a half years uh, of okay. being open. Uh, I guess if you count the time that it took to build it, it's about four and a half years, which time has gone by really quickly, actually. Our first one is open six years now.
3: Okay. Um, and, and that's in an Eagle Rock.
0: Yeah. Including the time it took to build it, I guess, about seven. And we're opening one in Los Feliz right now. Which is going to take two months. Two months, because we learned a few lessons along the way. All right. Yeah. So
4: two months from uh, seven, or what? One and a half years. That's really streamlining things there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you we learned Teach people a thing or two. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't don't ever ever build a restaurant from scratch. There are ah. plenty of people who will do that for you and then fail out miserably. <laughs> and, <allow> it, <laughs> I and you can come in and, and. And
4: just kind of pick up where they left off. Pick up they where you left off. And
0: <laughs> not that, not that anyone likes to see anyone, you know, fail out, but it's kind of the, the reality of the industry. And, uh, after dealing with the permitting, the building, the headaches, everything, the expense, we realized that there was just no other option but to just buy an existing restaurant, uh, concept or not concept just the space really and and put our own concept in there
3: yeah i, me- I remember hearing something that uh it was it 90 percent of all restaurants fail within the first year yes so you're going on three and a half in seven years that's yeah that's very good. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I actually still have uh, a post-traumatic stress disorder from opening the the, the first restaurant. Is that right? I'll, I'll wake up in a in a cold sweat and just uh, oh, yeah. kind of hyperventilate a little bit. For a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Calling so, into the
4: restaurant, are there people in the chairs? It, it, it's not, <laughs> it's not <laughs> like people dreams
2: do. where I'm like naked in high school, walking down the hallway or All something. Right. It's like <laughs> the dreams of the first six months of Spitz Eagle Rock being open. Yeah, it was uh, a a, terrif- Were you, a terrifying time. Well, we Were you sitting behind the counter naked. <laughs> no, I'm I'm. Okay. I'm naked in all my dreams so that's like not a scary thing for me (laughs) yeah i mean the,
0: the the first the first restaurant eagle rock you know we we were fresh out of college we were Signed a lease two weeks after we um, graduated, graduated wow. and, you know, kind of turned to each other and said, do you know how to build a restaurant?
2: <laughs> no, but we have a, a fantastic liberal arts education. Yeah. No, but I know diplomacy and <laughs> world affairs. I right,
0: right, right. Many, and Robert can quote, literature from yeah. ancient times. A- a- huh.
3: English major,
2: but the, the only successful one I know, actually.
3: Successful in uh, restaurant touring. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But, but we did... Read Nietzsche. We, we did... Uh,
0: garner some sort of sense of, I suppose, critical thinking that that we said, hey, we can get from point A to point B. We're able to kind of take a macro problem of here we are now with no restaurant and we want to end up with a restaurant. Let's break this into about 50,000 different little pieces and figure out exactly, critically thinking, how we got there.
4: I learned uh, how to do that from video games. Yeah. Right? Okay, so, yeah so yes, I have a level one dwarf All right. <laughs> without any weapons, and I want a level eighty dwarf with weapons I see. <laughs> so like, I gotta
3: complete these quests in this order to get this certain awesome body armor suit yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think
4: that's what video games teaches nerds, and uh if if they don't draw that lesson away from them, then you you're learning nothing from video games right like
3: uh, like most people probably <laughs> yes yeah, <laughs> probably exactly like I think one of the few that take video games and turn it into a life lesson thing. That it is a it's, life it's a way to live life
0: thing. Just so wow. everyone knows, there's a dog, possibly rabid, that just came <laughs> down the alley
4: on bath salt. <laughs> yeah, oh no! Jeez,
3: <laughs> save my
0: face. <laughs> And then there was also just a cockroach that walked behind your head. I, I did notice that. I, yes. did, I did
2: see wow.
3: that. <laughs> it was pretty big.
2: It is, me of the bit against your This talking. is urban, urban talk radio, right? Yes, it <laughs> is. Reminded your listeners we're in an alley, not, <laughs> not in, in the restaurant. Not in the, the restaurant. restaurant.
3: Very important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
0: wow. So well
3: did you guys always have restaurants on the mind? Like through college, you guys met in college, right?
0: Yes. We met in college freshman year. We went in the same dorm. You know, which a lot of our friends that we still are friends with were in that dorm. And we actually recently figured out why everyone was in that dorm. And it came down to, because when you go to college, you fill out a questionnaire okay. about where you want to live. yeah. And we were like, how is it that all of us like to party so much in that dorm? Well, we realized it boiled down to a few questions. The most important of which was, do you want to live in a co-ed dorm? It turns out everyone who wants to live in a co-ed dorm... They don't let live in a is, co-ed a is a degenerate. Is a degenerate. In the best possible way. Those are all my friends. Oh, absolutely. That's what I
3: was going to say. Like, all my best friends are degenerates. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I do not so, associate uh, with non-degenerates. Everyone who wants to live in a co-ed <laughs> dorm agree. was a
0: drinker and had a good time and... Happened to be all my friends, so
4: that's not that's judgy kind of, at all for those questionnaires. <laughs> well, yeah. It
0: was actually just one question,
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we ended up. You know, uh, in in terms of food, I think you know we we've both been into food, you know, fr- from a from a pretty young age. Br- Bryce had worked in a variety of restaurants before, you know, deciding to do spits, and uh, I really enjoyed eating food before I started <laughs> to, uh, to to get into this and We uh, have that in common. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No and, and you know I, my first job was at a place called the Taco Maker which is kind of the red-headed stepchild of Taco Bell. All right. And uh, with a know, much more
3: creative name by the way. Yes. Yeah, extremely. It was a very <laughs> maker. very descriptive. Straight into the point.
0: And right. I was the Taco Maker. That's what my job was. All and, right. Uh, so I kind of saw fast food and then uh, I every kind of Summer and winter, random job, took me into different types of restaurants all the way. I spent a summer in New York at a fine dining restaurant, you know, doing table service. I was in the back kitchens. And, you know, as Robert and I kind of collaborated, the idea is it was kind of like, let's take the best parts of that upscale dining, which is the food quality, customer service, and ambiance, and pair that with the speed and price of fast food and do it well. And it's funny because now... There are no fine dining restaurants opening up. Everything is this kind of more casual. You even order up at the bar or do this, and they're like very right. much casual. Really good foods coming out of that, but that's kind of the new concept. Six years ago, seven years ago, when we started that, it was kind of on the forefront of that, and and you know it it really kind of set us apart. Uh, not only because we were one of the first to do it, but also because we truly believe in it and continue to try to perfect it in, i think I, I agree
4: with that 100 percent. is that the first time i went in here there wasn't uh servers that wanted to bug you and you you did have to order your own food but i, I was looking at the price of the food and the quality of the food and i'm like well here it is this is you're getting what you pay for and then some because in space. They did, i mean well, they don't have the overhead of, of the labor costs on, on top of it okay. to have like 8 million people to bring out your food, ask you what you want to order, all those types of things. So, I mean, it's, it's very, very good. And I think you actually got an award for that inexpensive eats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in Los Angeles Magazine. Los Angeles Magazine, Best right? Yeah.
0: yeah. So that, that was great uh, to, to be recognized like that. And honestly, at the end of the day, we're about showing people a great experience, good food, and a place that respects them and enjoys them there and you know that's the bottom line and i think that the people that we meet that are successful and into that understand that it's not about making money as a, as a as an end you know that's really not it it's about creating something having an experience that that's that's worthy of of people coming back and that's honestly the biggest reward for us absolutely and, and
4: i think another another selling point was also definitely that uh when i first came in here it wasn't a full bar but uh, over time, you established yourself as a full bar, and uh, on your Facebook, when you actually brought the full bar in, before you even started serving hard alcohol, you had somebody that was a, a really high-end mixologist, you paid them to come in to teach everybody there that was uh, going to be serving alcohol exactly how to do it, craft a menu, you, you came up, you could tell that there was people who cared about the food they were serving and wasn't just they you weren't just looking at a margin on the food yeah you were looking at look i want to provide quality food and i think that made a huge difference because you can see that now in your seasonal menu you can see that in your specialty drinks you can see that in your bar that is basically geared towards specialty drinks and not geared towards making a million drinks that people may want but really don't taste as good as the ones that you're going to be able to give them
0: Exactly, and that's that's great to hear you say it because it is kind of what we wanted to do, and you know it's it's rewarding to hear hear the good feedback on it.
2: Well, I, th- I, th- I think with the bar, um, you know, mixology is such a big thing in L.A. right now, and you know, we we'd been doing the craft beers and the house made sangrias for a while, you know, just we wanted to be a part of that whole party, but we wanted to do it the way that. Spitz does it, which is, you know, not pay an arm and a leg just because a drink has four ingredients in it. Right. And, you know, to kind of strip down the menu and do riffs on classics that are like, <laughs> taste good and, and and unique, but you know, not something where you have to deal with, you know, some guy who thinks he's too good for everybody in the bar right. serving you the drink. Yeah. You know? and that,
0: that was the thing in, in downtown LA, you know, the big mixology scene has really come up. And yeah. That was great. That's wonderful that you can combine... Persimmon and rosemary, and make your own bitters and make an amazing drink. That's awesome. What's not awesome is paying fifteen dollars and right. waiting twenty minutes and dealing with an asshole who serves it So that was literally boiled down to that. It's like, All right, no let's let's, let's 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 do a lot of this work before. Let's infuse our stuff. Let's make good quality stuff. But let's make it quick. Work. We can pour it in. We can make these drinks fairly quickly. Let's charge significantly less than everyone else is charging. And let's let's pretend like we like you and hopefully we actually do like you <laughs>
2: well, right. let's make it like a good time not like a, a stressful experience of like yeah you know hoping you say the right you know yeah, order no, no one likes and to feel stupid ever yeah
0: exactly yeah. You know? and that's the problem in any fine dining or mixology or whatever it is you know am, am i saying this right i think that boils down to what we do is just making good things accessible simple and and hassle-free i,
4: I think that one of the drinks that's actually right there a perfect example of that is your Bloody Mary. Oh, my God. Your Bloody Mary is yeah. probably... I'm a stickler about my Bloody Marys. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I didn't tell you this, but I've been bartending for a little over three and a half years. and nice. And I nice. am just uh a pain in the ass about my Bloody Marys. I like them a very certain way. I have my recipe. I don't tell anybody. Yeah. And I came in here, and the way that you infused the vodka with yeah. all of the different it's spices so and the good. way it played with everything, it was... Yeah. It was really, really good. I, really I will really never
3: walk good. into this building without getting a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what time it is. There was one time we were driving back from Santa Barbara. We stopped in. Yeah. It was like 9, 10 in the morning or something. <laughs> like, give me a Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> damn. That 9 is, or, or 10. That's the of...
2: perfect time for yeah. a Bloody right. Mary. <laughs> it's I, it's, exactly. We might order around right now, and I think yeah, it's uh, 11 actually at actually does sound yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you guys tried the Bloody Good Morning? The,
2: <laughs> Bloody Good Morning, no.
0: That's the shot and beer combo. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Where we actually take the infused Bloody Mary vodka, add a little splash of the Bloody Mary mix, and then chug that with a beer. On the side. Nice. Yes. So it's it's
4: like a shooter that's a michelada,
0: sort of. Yeah. But, but with your mix, exactly. And that's actually something we're doing in Los Feliz. We're not opening with a beer and wine, or uh, full liquor. We're just doing beer and wine to start because we have to apply for the full liquor and all that. But we're gonna do a michelada menu. Oh, nice. Yeah, which really? is something we're trying to make kind of a new splash with, and really because there are so many cool varieties that you can do with micheladas. And uh, we're hoping to do have one of our great bartenders here, Valerie, kind of help craft maybe four or five really unique micheladas. Hopefully, make something pretty cool out of it.
3: When I had the drink the uh, last last time I was here, that I had the the combination, uh, it it almost because I love the Bloody Mary so much. I, I couldn't mix it. I couldn't mix it together. <laughs> yeah, and have the Bloody <laughs> Mary separate and the beer yeah, yeah. separate, just yeah, because. Yeah. No, that's that Bloody that's Mary. as God intended.
0: Damn. Don't do not worry.
3: Yeah, uh, but so, it was it was fantastic. So. Now a lot of the stuff that you do make, and I was I was going to mention this. That it seems like everything you do here pretty much is is specialty. Nothing comes out of a out of a bag. Yeah. You know, everything you guys make is is some sort of mixture that you guys have created yourselves. And a
4: lot of it is locally sourced too. A lot of the microbreweries that you get your beer from, it's all local LA microbreweries. Yeah. And I mean, there's. Obviously, two re- reasons for that. There's, well, a California has really become kind of like the the epitome of what it, hops can produce. I mean, our hops here are second to none, and mm-hmm. uh, same same thing in like the you know you got Napa Valley and the, the, our wine is thought of. Our hops are definitely going to be right there too. Sure. Um But also because you want to support, I mean, think the local communities. I mean, right? what's
2: what's fantastic is that when we opened down here, you know, three and a half years ago. The the beer scene in L.A. was like just getting started. There were a couple guys out there making beer. Uh, Craftsman in Pasadena has been around for a little while, um, but a lot of our taps were San Diego, um, Northern California, and it's been awesome just in the past year to be able to really put L.A. breweries on all four of our taps. And uh, it's a beautiful. Thing. We've got e- Eagle Rock Brewery, Angel City just around the corner. Um, I mean, you know,
0: it's cool to see that that transformation from beer being just a, you know, kind of after work drink or football, you know, beverage yes. to really being a craft, you know, industry and, and something that I feel like is right up there now with wine in terms of the way that people are drinking it Definitely. and thinking about it. And you have aficionados. Just, even, yeah, absolutely. Just
4: totally. Our friend Kevin is just, he, yeah. he'll, will school almost anybody on beer. He, <laughs> yeah. He brews his own stuff. Yeah, so, so, exactly. And that's, it, but, that's
0: the great part is you can. And I think that's where it strikes a chord a little bit more than, than wine even because you can easily brew your own beer at home and, and kind of do that. And I think that's where a lot of this organic growth is coming from is people were doing that and like this is really good, you know, and get some money together and, and make it happen. And and now it is possible to do that.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's a cool thing about beers because I, I used to be one of those schmucks that would only drink it at, like as you were describing, football yeah. or after work or something until I discovered – All the other kinds of beer there are. Yeah. And now everywhere I go, the first thing I order instead of any kind of beer would be an IPA Uh uh, right off the bat. Instead of going to the the Bud Light or the Coors Light, it's straight to an IPA because it's like it is a lot like the wine, where you can appreciate the certain textures and certain things about an IPA that you can't from The Notes. The the notes sure. Yes. feel. Absolutely. Yes. On the
1: front end versus the back end.
3: <laughs> finish. <laughs> yeah. Finish, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> the long legs, this one. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah, what yeah, that yeah, means, yeah, but yeah. I like saying it.
2: <laughs> it's earthy. <laughs> right. Oh,
3: River water. The At yeah. the end
0: of the day it's it's more it's it still retains its character as a you know, every every man's beverage without you know you don't have to get snooty about it obviously you can know a lot and there are some things but it just doesn't have i think the sometimes negative common connotation that wine can have in terms of you right. know, the snobbery absolutely i um,
4: agree so i agree definitely you can you can be gourmet about beer but you could also be uh, blue collar dude come in and order a beer and appreciate it just as much as anybody else can. Oh yeah, and, and uh, that's
0: like when yeah, we uh, we do some it. some cool uh, craft brew events. You know, we'll we'll bring in the brewer and we'll have them uh, do five brews on all the taps. It's pretty awesome. The the crowd that comes in, you know, they're in there. They're high fiving each other. You know, it's like a big raucous party, and it's fun. Just to see a lot of people enjoying stuff, and I think everyone in their mind. Even though it's not totally true, but you know, if it was a wine event it would be, you know, a violin playing in the background right. and, tinkies <laughs> up and, you know, and cheese. And, and that's not totally true. There's a great there's a great, you know, wine, you know, culture out there as well. But this is this is a fun one.
2: I would say this is more fun.
3: Right. You will find more fun people at a at a beer tasting versus a wine tasting. Exactly. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah, we're we're definitely excited as well to to take the craft beer that we're doing here and, and take it to the next level at the new location and in Los Feliz. It'll be twelve taps instead of four. 20 bottles uh, to choose from and right. uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic yeah,
0: yeah. We're, we're super psyched Los Feliz is going to have a shuffleboard table too nice oh, I don't know man. if you guys play shuffleboard, shuffleboard yeah,
3: yes yeah,
0: it, it's,
2: it's, it's
3: fun yeah I'm horrible at it but I enjoy oh, yeah. playing and it yeah. goes, and it goes <laughs> exactly. with beer
0: there's actually <laughs> zero zero gain or, or loss from being good or bad at it right it's more of a just.
4: it's like beer punk exactly <laughs> you <laughs> lose <laughs> you still win exactly, yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's something to do
0: while you drink I realized that actually recently playing at darts. You know, darts literally was made to get drunk, too. It <laughs> was just a pastime. Have
2: I you ever really seen dart, a, a real dart player? They, I, they look like they drink. I watched all day, actually every
0: day. darts. It was on ESPN the other day, randomly on a Sunday. Is that right? Yeah. And I was I saw it and I was like, oh shit. Do they have special gloves darts. and
3: stuff? They, Do they? they? I, I would imagine. Nope, they no? don't have no? No okay. gloves.
0: They had they, <laughs> Huge pop bellies, for sure. Portly okay. fellows, and they, so and they were experienced. Kind of twisted their faces <laughs> up, and they just you know they threw it in, and they're they're so good. It really wasn't that fun to watch. <laughs> <It was laughs> like, okay, so you can hit the same thing. That That's how I imagine curling time. started.
4: Yeah, like curling, like must have just started that same way. Yeah, where exactly. a bunch of drunk people just. Like, cause if, if you've ever watched curling, you're like, this isn't a sport. It's really uh, like yeah. shuffleboard
2: is... on on ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: curling actually was, uh, you know, I'm actually grew up in Park City, Utah, which hosted the 2002 Olympics. Yeah, and curling was like the big joke during the Olympics. <laughs> you know, but but it was hilarious at the bars. All anyone had on or wanted to watch during the Olympics was curling. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Cause everyone was yeah, like... I love the weird stuff. And by stuff. the end of it, I was like, this seems damn fun, actually. <laughs> you know, get out there, your buddy. Buddy has a broom and he's <laughs> like brushing off your feet before you go. I mean, <laughs> it just seems like a good time. Speaking of the Olympics, I'm pretty excited for the Summer Olympics. I don't know why. All right, I, you <laughs> <laughs> I really am. It's kind of hitting me and uh, I'm excited. I don't know. It's, uh, Gymnastics is is a favorite of mine.
3: Well, oh, that's that's always fun to watch. Oh, men's, are, I, men's, are men's, or, men's or women's? Yeah, yeah, right?
0: I feel like a creep watching either, to tell you the mm-hmm. truth.
4: Yes, I'm pretty sure they believe... make you uh register for Megan's Law before you watch gymnastics. <laughs> anyway. I know, Sometimes it's a little. The, the, the paperwork's been filled out. Yeah, <laughs> wow, wow, uh, no,
0: but it, it's gonna be fun. Just watch those people, you know, run and do all this stuff. I don't know. It's it's such a spectacle because. I it's, can't do any of it.
4: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's entertaining to watch, but it just kind of makes me depressed.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah. Like,
4: I could run like that if I didn't have a bad knee, <laughs> which is my excuse because I could never it run. And had like a that. completely no, different yeah, body. Completely,
2: yeah. 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 If I was a completely, seven completely different workout. Yeah. yeah. If I look like that.
4: <laughs> that's true. Uh, what was his name? Phelps. Yes, Mr. Michael Phelps. 14,000 calorie a day diet. Yeah. Yeah. He Who's yeah. a horrible
3: actor, by the way. This commercial just came out with him and his mom, and it's just like, good God, stick to swimming, Michael. Yeah,
4: was he hitting a bong? <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> that's what got him in all and that I trouble. I think they got him away from that as well. Well, I always have that on him, that yeah. Michael Phelps, yeah. that pot smoking yeah. swimmer. It's okay. He can move to California. We like that here. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. Actually, that, the muscle true. enhancer
2: weed.
3: I heard
0: they're supposed <laughs> to, uh, they're trying to. Uh, criminalize or at least close down all of the weed shops that have opened up Well, it's, it's,
4: it's still a, sch- a Schedule 1 uh, as far as federal regulations are concerned, but uh, yeah. Obama had said that he doesn't want anybody prosecuted for distribution yeah. of because he wants us to kind of like be a uh, a kind of petri dish for it, like sure. an experimentation. So but, I but don't know if they the changed the their The city council
0: like is trying to pass an ordinance to close close them all down or at least close like all but a hundred of them down.
2: Hmm. Although yeah, we're 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 against it because Spitz is such a good food to eat. When yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I could see that. Let's let's our, talk about the pita. Talk about the pita down. strips, <laughs> the streetcar fries. Yeah, there's, that's there's what, so much good food here. I it's mean,
4: that, that was the big joke when Doritos came out, and they were just like, "We're against pot yeah. smoking." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, <we're,
2: laughs> I'm they, pretty
3: they sure. Michael Phillips, they found the bong. Michael Phillips, you're out. And like, that's your. Have you guys, guys tried that
0: Doritos taco?
3: No, no, I have I, not. I
0: did it. No, I, no I did it. I did it in the in the dark, so I didn't have to see myself. <laughs> <eat> it. <laughs> and it was it was it was good. Was it good? It was good. And and I just read today that it's they sold their 100 millionth Doritos Loco Taco, and uh, it's the best selling Taco Bell product ever. On day oh. two. I'm just wondering whoever made that. Whoever someone got a huge bonus. idea. Yeah, somebody is buying. Some sort of fancy car.
3: So can we look forward to a uh, Doritos kebab many times? Yes, it's, it's actually on the menu.
0: What's funny? Actually, what's funny is uh, they there was that like burrito crunch supreme or something where they put Fritos. I remember in it, that. Yes, have Fritos. Mm-hmm. And and I personally think they ripped us off on that because we put fried lavash chips in our street cart style wraps. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's Taco Bell people. there everywhere. He wants they,
4: out. They did that with Imagine. the Dodger dogs too. They had a Frito Dodger dog. Now. Really? Now they
2: do, anyways. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Another well, person who's who's copying the things that this little restaurant. Is yeah. Yeah. We
4: just. just <laughs> You're a trendsetter. <laughs> I <laughs> I guess so. you. ahead of your time.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, so so how did the the idea of the Duna kebab come to be? Uh, so uh,
0: during college, I I went and lived in uh, Madrid, Spain, as part of a, a semester abroad. Which is really just a vacation. Um
2: actually it's just a vacation. It is. (laughs) They try to tell you
4: you're supposed to study. And I I,
2: and I did, but I mean it's just it's too it's fine. I I think you forgot more Spanish while you were there than you actually came back with. And then
0: and I technically I went I went to university there and and so we'd have our our breaks, our college breaks and go on vacation and that would just dawn on me. I'm like, I'm on vacation within a vacation. Huh. And then my head exploded.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you went to study abroad so, versus yeah. study abroad. Like yes. everybody exploded. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. It's ah, a funny, the, funny the, joke. Yeah. Double uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, So, yeah. So, but, anyways, on the streets there <clears throat> were these donor kebab stands, which can only be basically compared to the street tacos that we have here. It's basically. So they're just, everywhere then? Everywhere, yeah. They came in. It's actually came in after World War II. Uh, Turks immigrated into uh, Germany.
3: Yes, and there's
0: actually the second largest population of Turks in Germany. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and that, and they basically entered the economy pretty much by uh, a big way was by starting these little kebab stands on the streets. But they kind of, of course, being in a different country, a European country, Germans love their bread and everything like that. They kind of adapted more of a European sandwich style to to the to what was a, traditionally a a Mediterranean or kind of more of a plate dish that you do with pita and rice and stuff like so that. So
4: they found a happy compromise.
0: Exactly, they used what they had around them and they, right. they made it, and and obviously they ended up adapting to what people wanted to eat. And I ate in Germany. I was there the year before I went to Spain, actually, and I remember the first time I ate it, and my friend was living there, and he just said, "This is this is doner kebab." And I had no clue what that meant, but I ate it and it And then the was, clouds parted and the sun. <laughs> came, it really was. Um, absolutely orgasmic, you know. God was
2: there. He's it. like,
4: no, 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 stop globally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and I ate it and it was amazing. I didn't think much of it until I went back to Spain the next year. And it had pretty much recently come into Spain, uh, and many of the other European countries from Germany. And that's kind of, I think, what initially started the idea of seeing how quickly it had spread. Throughout Europe and how how big it had gotten, and I looked into it, and there were entire factories producing the meat cones and the sauces. Wow. You know, it's kind of a billion dollar industry, actually. W- when was this? This must have, or this was two thousand and four. Okay. Yeah, um, but really, it kind of got popular right in the late nineties to two early two thousands. Yeah,
3: uh, well, I, while I was doing research for the show, I found the uh, the first uh, döner kebab was actually served in 1971 in berlin exactly and uh, the guy that invented it has actually passed on since then in 2009 he passed away yeah but from just this one guy had an idea this is yeah. a sandwich i want to make because it's food that's already being made in berlin yeah and it's just packaged a little differently exactly now you got this huge thing yeah where it's spread all over europe and now thanks to you guys it's in los angeles uh,
0: yeah and that was the main idea i mean aside from the fact that it was cheap and i was able to afford it and it Honestly, tasted better than a lot of the food I was eating. Absolutely,
3: uh, in, in Germany, it, that's
4: not hard, I hear. Yeah, <laughs> was that right? Between yeah. the Spätzle, Spain, Spain, Spain wasn't
0: didn't, in my opinion, did not have wonderful food either. Really, even with tapas, the tapas are great, but you know just because it, it's just because it's a, a small way. plate doesn't mean it's good you know uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i think there's the conception that is there's
3: zigzag patterns of like chocolate on top of it that, that means it's the best ever <laughs> yeah and I they mean... charge you like 30 yeah, or exactly before. yeah just exactly. For
0: <laughs> more than anything tapas are expensive as they still are um you know even here it's like let's go get tapas oh so I'll spend 100 bucks and not get full yeah, yeah
4: basically <laughs> it's um, an outrage yeah awesome. i mean I, I'd rather just uh slice up some linguisa medallions at home, throw yeah. them on some skewers, and then there you go, tapas what they I charge you you exactly. know twenty bucks in a restaurant you got for i don't know four bucks and some exactly. in five your, minutes your
2: tapas, uh, fill up a cutting board and that's exactly yeah,
0: so anyways, we brought it back when I came back, you know, I was ranting like a madman to anyone who would listen, and Robert thank God uh listened i was like you know because we were about to go to law school uh we actually were in process of taking our lsats uh you know thinking of all that stuff and you know but i kept we kept talking about this idea and kind of dawned on us at one point we said do you really want to be a lawyer do you really want to like go to law school and kind of looked at each other like no (laughs) no we really don't (laughs)
2: if if law school is anything like taking the lsat (laughs) 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 no thanks so
0: we we kind of said let's let's give this a go let's let's make it a you know a reality if we can and finish the business plan and you know made a whole powerpoint presentation and brought it to you know investors
2: built the restaurant on a total shoestring like acted as our own general contractor and all right crazy yeah but that says
4: something about initiative though also we i think do. that you guys definitely have been uh problem solvers well we we have confusing. a we have
0: a term for it we call it unbridled optimism oh all yeah. right. <laughs> so take that as you will that's rare it, yeah that is rare. well i think in, in uh, we, we, optimism uh, or, or hubris <laughs> it's, it's okay
2: it's uh <laughs> it's, it's, a yes. it's been debated <laughs> yes, exactly. to this day
0: the point of the point is we were so naive i think and so you know into our idea of what we were doing and believing that we could do anything we we wanted to that we did it <laughs> For, even yeah. though even though there are many instances uh, that we should not have succeeded uh if we weren't just blindly moving forward and just able to really deflect the the many many costly and expensive failures Mm-hmm. But we didn't, and I don't even like saying failure because to us it was just the learning experience. Right. And and I and we really never processed it as a failure. We never got down like, oh, that didn't work. We, this isn't gonna work. It was why, like, why
2: is the beef and lamb on fire right now? Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why is the chicken starting to burn as well? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, why aren't people coming in
0: now? Like, you know, it's just kind of, you know, there's a solution to everything was kind of our 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 idea, and and I think we still carry that through. You know, I we certainly are uh the unbridled optimism has probably become a little more bridled <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> by by the experience of oh, knowing it but buried deep down inside. <laughs> but wow. but it's callous even yeah, but, it, but it's been uh I'd say it's it's been refined, I would suppose, you know, and and I'm glad that the the unbridled part got us through to where we are now to where we can actually make some informed decisions rather than kind of blindly leading I mean, ourselves. I mean, I think
2: if, you, if you're going to do something like this, the time, the, the best time to do it is when you don't know any better because it's, it's so hard to, to go from starting out to, you know, getting, getting to the place where, you know, you're, you're doing well and, and all of that. And I think being 22 years old, it was like, we just didn't know. And a lot of restauranteurs we've talked to when, before we started the business, you know, we would ask them you know kind of you know tell them what we were doing and and uh most of them their their first piece of advice that we were looking for was don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get into this business. Yeah. You know and I honestly know. when when people come talk to me and they're green and they don't have any experience I'll say the same thing, you know. <laughs> All right. Did, Did they
3: not- call you yellow? <laughs> <laughs> Are you mm. yellow boy? <laughs> <laughs> yellow just- it's <laughs> just yeah. if you
2: know how hard it's going to be you know you might you might choose a different path yeah
3: so how long did it take for people to catch on because th- this this is a type of food that is not common in this area
0: exactly so it and, must have taken some time and for we, people to
3: realize how great it was
0: yeah and and you know we hedged our bets uh by opening our first location near our college okay uh you know we were in a fraternity we had a bunch of friends who were there we knew for a fact we could at least get 100 to 300 people to eat at our restaurant, just by the very proximity, and we could get them in there the first week we were open. So that was kind of good. Then we put up a sign, um, and and the thing is, donut kebab means nothing to a lot of people, but to anyone who did what I did or traveled in, in Europe, it means a lot. It means the same thing it does to me, which is amazing, awesome food that is not in the U.S., and holy crap, I can't believe they're bringing it here. Oh, my God. They right. get emails all the time. Oh, God, I saw your sign. That's so awesome. So, And that's the thing. We are by no means the first people to come up with this idea. I mean, every other college person over there at that time was like, oh, we should bring this over here. This would be awesome. Okay. But you had the B- support. B- and yeah.
4: then you, you also had the people that you could depend on to come in as regular customers. And yeah. you had a whole college full of people that had uh, traveled abroad and were very familiar
3: with the product that exactly. you were selling. So do yeah, forget w- the unbridled w- optimism. That yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we
0: started with a, a, a base that would at least support our non-existent salary. And Robert's now wife and then
2: girlfriend was our ol- only other employee. And luckily, luckily, love. she's a she's a very very <laughs> she, beautiful girl. She committed just... to working for us for our grand opening, and then ended up working forty hours a week wow. for four months, un- un- unpaid. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Uh, so, That's, so That's love. She 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 earned the uh, the ring on her finger. <laughs> yeah, <think>. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I mean, honestly, in the in the, all the things of 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 luck and and fortitude, having. A great girl like Joan, who's, who's not bad on the eyes was pretty awesome <laughs> to have as a cashier. They tend <laughs> to bring
4: people in. It, it was noticed. just good
0: because it allowed Robert and I to be completely mess. And we're literally making the food, you know, and we obviously were very talkative to, with people, but, it, but things got funneled through her. And, and that
2: was honestly something that was.
1: Real she now late. works
2: in communications, and uh, <laughs> yeah, all
1: right. yeah
0: very good yeah, <laughs> yeah she did so. that very well she she
2: she learned it uh, at Spitz, I think <laughs> yeah, I okay. think yeah. so as well,
0: so yeah, so it kind of grew from there, uh you know, we didn't have to pay anyone but ourselves, and we only paid ourselves gradually as we could okay. um you know, as and, as Joe and my wife will love to point out that <laughs> <we> <laughs> Robert actually lived in the, there's there's this little little yellow like apartment behind the restaurant. Um, that we, uh, the same landlord that owns our, the, the building that a restaurant is in owns this apartment (laughs) and we were able to lease that out. And Robert actually did not leave that parcel property for six months. He literally, his commute was to walk 15 feet from his apartment to the restaurant and but honestly that helped a lot too i mean just for i could have a place
2: to crash That's another uh, ptsd uh, d dream that i yeah, have <laughs> actually oh, <yeah. laughs> the walk to and from the okay. walls
4: everywhere yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well
2: cuz
0: we you know so we we built the restaurant we were like okay we just have to set a date to open let's just open this uh let's do it and we set a date and we're like all right it's going to happen so we make food the night before you know we're making this you know it's him and i making our recipes that that we'd come up with uh and then we open up we're all excited you know people are coming in we're serving it we don't really know what we're doing but it's good it's it's happening you know the the meat cones catch on fire it's okay we'll do more (laughs) yeah you know everything that bad can happen happens An entire shelf that i installed Fell Fell on me with like 14 cans of garbanzo beans. Fell on my toe, and I thought broken, so I actually cut the front of my shoe off and they just kept working and kept working wow. so when i would when i would bring people their food i would be this like uh, haggard limping <laughs> <laughs> person coming like out coming. Uh, <laughs> food <laughs> um, Eat. and then so we worked that first you know it's, we're open 12 hours you know essentially 11 to our 11 hours and then we you know high five each other and say oh man that was a great first day and then we look at each other like Oh, shit, we got to clean. And you <laughs> have to cook for tomorrow. So then oh, that's coming. Because yeah. then, we, then we clean. That takes us two hours. And then we're like, oh, my God, so tired. Let's go to bed. We need the food to, for tomorrow. So that fast-forwards us to 4 in the morning. Jeez. Robert is making – he makes our meat cones. And this – this is why he honestly has post-traumatic stress disorder because <laughs> we had this little prep room and we made our own meat cones where we we're mixing up the lamb and beef and we got these spits and we're piling them on. And I'm trying to like sort out the other stuff and the register and stuff. And I walk in the room and Robert is there, just, you know, blood blurry shot. eyed. Yeah. <laughs> totally disheveled sitting there with gloves. Blood is sp- splattered on the wall from all of the like meat. Oh, He's as long
3: covered. as it's not his. No, not his. Right. Yeah, it's no, like you walk no. to the Dexter's little lab there. <laughs> oh, no. This room. <laughs> it felt like that, and
0: we walk in. Robert just looks at me, slowly raises his middle finger at me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I took a picture of that. Actually, <laughs> I do have that somewhere.
2: That should be on the wall, by the way. Yeah, it should be I on know. the wall. It really
0: should. Um, El- elbow
2: deep in in, in raw lamb <laughs> at four in the morning, yeah. and realizing that this night is every night every, or that yeah. that was oh, wow. the
0: ultimate realization is that after we finish it we say okay it's six in the morning we have to get up in two hours to start opening Jesus. and we're like oh this doesn't end this is this is it this is how this is going to go and you know that was six months of our life at least until we started to get an employee here an employee there um and it's pretty crazy now to have three locations and you know, forty-five employees coming up and
2: nice. seeing,
0: seeing, you know, that transformation and basically learning how to administer, you know, an organization. Really, but we can at
2: least say even to the the guy who's washing the dishes or the guy who's sweeping the floor. I, was, I know, I was there, I was what there, I was mean? there, yeah, I was yeah, there yeah. man, okay. I was there, dude.
0: And it's funny opening Las Vegas now because we're right back in there. I mean. I have almost an identical picture of Robert that I took today. <laughs> of, uh, I'm
3: a bitter guys. human being. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Robert. Robert's good entertainment, by the way. If you ever want to open a restaurant, you just can,
3: can watch him. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these the people that we bought the restaurant from, needless to say, did not know what they were doing. But also were messy and dirty, and it was like, actually like this, like this,
2: kitchen nightmares. Yeah, oh. dirty, like disgusting. Oh.
0: We're opening up, sort of cleaning out the walk-in, and there's just stuff in there that has literally, you know, an inch of mold on it. Oh, man. So I've got a a picture today of Robert with his his shirt pulled up over his nose, (laughs) black gloves on. trying to wash out this mold and again turning to me
3: and just clipping me off <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> that was kind of not on out. the wall uh, with the mold uh, scrubbing
2: yeah. sort of. <laughs> uh, <I> was, some
4: <laughs> english guy comes in starts ripping you
2: yeah exactly <laughs> uh, i mean you <laughs> gordon Ramsay would gordon had would have had a field day with this oh
0: yeah it, it was it, it's been a trip but it's been good to get back in there and uh, and kind of get our hands dirty again and kind of Get back to the roots of it all and, totally. and feel feel a good connection with. Well, that with and
4: it makes you that. better. It makes you better. I think that Absolutely. one of the biggest mistakes that uh, happens in the restaurant industry is that everybody that has ever eat or ate in a restaurant um, don't eat in the fight. Don't eat. That is the correct tense. <laughs> <Hence, laughs> uh, yes, past participle. Right. That, that's it right there. But the, anybody that's done that thinks that they can open up a restaurant. Yeah, and right. and they just start at the top, and then they mismanage everything, and then they have huge, huge gaps in in, in well, their productivity. But you have done it from the ground up. Well, then you guys like, like you... us
2: can come in and get their failed restaurants and not have to build our own. Yeah. Which is exactly, super nice. So. And and honestly, you know, it's I I
0: think I we've kind of boiled down to what makes a restaurant fail, and one is obviously not understanding the the moving gears of it all, which include you know washing things properly and keeping things properly because every penny is what matters and and you're selling a perishable food to a fickle crowd Mm -hmm. you know in a very specific time frame you got a lot of variables that you need to manage and if you're not really on the ground floor or at least understand the ground floor you know it can really easily slip away from you um and i think another reason is is you know people consider themselves artists or, you know, chefs, and they are for all intents and purposes. I am not a chef. Uh, you know, Robert, maybe a little more than, than I am. You know, I can put things together well and I know what tastes good. And I think that's why we end up with nice, simple, good food. But, you know, chefs are artists, but artists are not necessarily good business people. I agree with and, that. And, right. you and, know, yeah.
4: Well, I'd, I'd like to jump on that point And I think that I, it's, there's another thing that is a kind of a comparative advantage when it comes to your restaurant is that most people just. Don't learn ever learn is you run in these restaurants like uh, the the Cheesecake Factory where you ask them for a menu and they give you a book yeah and and you run through all this stuff and you gotta wonder I mean how much stuff rots at that place (laughs) what is their overhead and I mean (laughs) seriously to produce all that food nobody's gonna eat that all those items over and over again. Right.
3: Unless they're taking three hours to prepare in which case they're not going to have any clientele. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's it's all frozen. Right. Yeah. And I think that
4: the biggest lesson that they can learn from places, uh, not just like yours, but in and out, is you have a simple item, you stream, uh, you know, I mean, a simple menu, you streamline it. It's very good. People come to rely on it and it's consistent. And and that's the way that I think it should be done. You run into the really, really high-end restaurants that are doing it the right way. Everything's locally sourced. You have uh, cu- like three entrees, two appetizers yeah. to choose mm-hmm. from, and that's the same way that you're doing yeah, things.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that that's honestly in and out is what you mentioned was like one of our biggest inspirations, building the restaurant. because we literally said, let's just model our menu off of that, do, you know, four things a few different ways, make it good. And, you know, we've added things here and there, but by and large our ingredient list is like 15 ingredients. You know, we right. we go through our entire stock, you know, on a, every day or two, you know, so that's kind of awesome important. I agree when I walk into place, for instance, the place we just bought to, to build our restaurant. I mean, they had a book as well. Yeah. And we were like, how do you how do you even how do you stock that yeah, yeah how do you, 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 you guys
4: have must have, have freezers like freezers as big as your restaurant yeah. to, to store that much food yeah exactly I, I just never but
3: thank god for them because now you got a place to buy exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely and we're, a we're, freezer to break dance in <laughs> right or, or yes. if uh, Rob wants to get old Dixter, there's a
2: alright anyway <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there was enough mold in that lock in to make it's own menu yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There, were, there were that many varieties um... yeah, it
0: actually spawned a small culture of, of little people People that, that <laughs> were actually building their own restaurants like, in like, the market,
2: like, like Smurfs, Smurfs, but me. Yeah, like, yeah.
3: exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's go through the menu here. What uh, I mean, there's we went through the whole menu, but what, what is something that I guess your favorites?
0: Oh, there's the oh. the classic. Is the classic for a reason. Right. That's it's the beef and goddamn lamb. Goddamn classic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's awesome. It's the beef and lamb mix. That's kind of the traditional way that, that we saw it in, in Europe and that we wanted to do. And it's really our own recipe. And, uh, it's just really well seasoned. And the key on, on this food, why it's so good is because we have these vertical broilers, which right. roast the meat and basically the juices kind of come out and sear on the outside. As it passes over uh, the, the heating element. Mm-hmm. And that's just like why a good steak is good. When it has the that perfect ovens. crust on it. Yeah. And that's like that's what gives it that flavor yeah. and locks in all those juices. And that's basically what we're doing. We're shaving off pretty much just that nice outer layer. The little bit of the more tender inside. But mm-hmm. that's why you're getting so much flavor in such a small kind of surface area. Right. So the classic, I got to go with the, the the sandwich on the focaccia bread. Panini that- grilled. Layered with our fresh tzatziki, which is just nice and simple Greek yogurt, cucumber, lemon juice, dill, and then our nice thick sliced tomato, onion, cucumber, bell pepper, some chili sauce. I love the street cart style, which is our kind of ode to that greasier, garlickier, you know, uh, street cart, I guess is, you know, what it it conjures. And we put a garlic aioli on and fried lavash chips and we wrap that all up and it's amazing. In fact, I'm going to go get one right now. I just,
3: <laughs> I just ate. I'm hungry. again. <laughs> I know. I, I was thinking, yeah. I, I, Even doing the intro right now, I, I, I'm, I'm full because yeah. we just ate. But the, I, was, I, I was getting excited I a little bit again.
0: The wrap is, is more, probably more popular or at least more common. It's easier to eat. It's definitely more of a lunchtime. And that's really great as well. That's with the lavash bread, all the same ingredients, mm-hmm. wrapped up, and then we panini press that. So it's got a nice crunchy outside and hot in the middle. And that's awesome, too. But there's something about that that pillowy toasted focaccia bread that just gets me going. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I could not have said that better. <laughs> so is, is it the
3: same for you then, Robert? You like the classic?
2: The classic, and then you know if I if I if I'm gonna do a side uh, with it, we we do what we call streetcar fries, mm-hmm. which. Um, we take either our regular fries or our uh, sweet potato fries and top them with feta cheese and olives, more garlic aioli, chopped vegetables. Um, they are like, it's like a loaded Mediterranean, uh, french fry bowl and they're, they're it's like disgustingly good. Yeah. It yeah. is it so is. amazing. Yeah. yeah. It is.
0: And it's not to say, you know, but I'll tell you what I eat the most is the salad. Is that right? Yeah. And that's just because I, don't want to be fat
3: (laughs) Uh, i wish i had that same kind of control but i go for straight for the but you you know what (laughs) if
0: you if you try this the salads are great too we got a you know romaine uh all really nice diced uh cucumber onion uh green pepper we got all of us pepperoncinis and then the meat is on top your choice with uh, the tzatziki and chili sauce on there and it comes with for you know, this makes the salad palatable. There's the little fried lavash chips in there, like our croutons, and it does come with two fried pita strips. Um, and that's actually really good. And All that's right. like kind of, and the whole idea actually, even that's kind of what's dangerous about our food is even the street cart fries or these things that, you know, are in reality, you know, not the healthy choice of the day. <laughs> because they are made with good ingredients and they're made fresh, you Kind of feel better about eating them than you probably should, right? <laughs> and you can come and that was actually the litmus test for us when we were developing the recipes. What can you eat at lunch, and go back to work? You know, because that was a big thing. You know, in Europe these were kind of after bar grease bomb, garlicky explosions to soak up all the
3: alcohol. Exactly,
0: and it was right. good. But you didn't feel good about yourself after doing yeah, it. Yeah, got people you know. passed out in
3: the booths. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. I can't move.
0: And so that was kind of <laughs> the idea: was let's take all these flavors. And honestly, when we opened, uh, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, the the food scene was much different. If you remember, Subway had just come out with uh, the low carb thing. Jared was just it's losing the flatbread. I think. Yeah. Was it? I I actually I we we look as much as I hate the big corporations. They spend a lot of money on focus groups and all sorts of stuff. So right. just by looking at their advertisements, you can <laughs> bypass spending any money on any <laughs> of that stuff and just say, well, I at least know what they think is trending, you know, right. and whether we don't actually follow that or not. But it's a, i always use it as an interesting gauge because when we opened too, we didn't really have a lot of the street card styles or any of this stuff. We really were primarily like a much healthier, lighter, uh, style of food and that was really big at the time, and as the economy crashed, and this is kind of an interesting correlation, as people are worse off economically, they're they want the comfort food exactly, yeah. And what is big now? Comfort food, bar food, the the oh, gastropubs. I mean, yes, the, everyone is doing you know foie gras, fries, and gravy. Yeah. And, oh yeah, I mean yes, yeah, <laughs> <it's amazing. laughs> which unfortunately,
4: I mean, did you know foie gras is going to be illegal next month?
0: I I keep hearing this.
4: Yes, foie gras is gonna be illegal. That apparently they passed a law a long time ago when I wasn't looking, and uh, <laughs> they they, they uh, well, are I know no about the activists, like, like activists.
0: protesting
2: outside of the restaurants that that are serving it. Is there gonna be like a foie gras black market? Right? Yeah, I,
4: don't know. I don't know. In France, uh, I know somebody that just came back from France, and apparently there's somebody there on the fringe that is just surrounding uh, ducks and geese with an, so much food that they fatten themselves up, and they produce foie gras that way. So I don't know. Uh, because it's more humane uh-huh. that they might actually have a market for that kind of Free range foie gras, go. if wow. you want to call it that. <laughs> I guess Faux gras. Get, yeah, foie, <laughs> foie gras. Yeah, foie gras.
3: That's fake. <laughs> no, you were saying that you got some. Uh, it's healthy, and you do have some uh, more more healthy options. Yeah, you got the, uh, the falafelite and the, and the veg, which are, are vegan yeah. and vegetarian options. And that's
0: actually interesting. People say, you know, do you have any vegetarian options? And actually, literally half our menu is vegetarian. Yeah, uh, because basically you have four options. You have the classic. You do chicken falafel or veg. You can get those as salads, wraps, or sandwiches. And that's, again, the simplicity of the menu. And then you can get your choice of the sides. But, yeah, our falafel has actually been the most long-standing, worked-on item that we've done. Which is proof that maybe a guy from Utah and a guy from Minnesota are not naturally made to make good falafel.
1: (laughs) But we have
0: done it. That is diligent. Our... We have diligently worked on that more than I think any other item, uh, and you know we soak our own beans, we we use our own grinder to do it. We like really the whole idea behind it, well, why we call it falafel light, it was because we said, oh, so many falafels are like rock hard. Let's make something lighter, and that's where the name came from. And we do finally really have light, fluffy, almost like puff pastry falafel, and that's kind of. Our crowning achievement of the moment, honestly, even though it's kind of the unsung, unsung one, but it is something that we've worked on probably the most.
4: Well, that says something you know, also about the fine tuning that you put into your menu. I mean, you guys, like I said, it, I mean, it's a resounding thing that you do care about what you're serving a lot. Yeah. And uh, and that's it shows. It shows when you taste the food and you drink the drinks. It's it's there. It's it's Good. unquestionable. Oh,
0: I'm glad yeah. to hear that. It,
3: um, we did touch on that a little bit, but let's uh, let's let's get back to that. The uh, the, the drinks that you guys serve. Yeah. Which is, is fantastic. Like I said, everything is, is done in-house. Yeah. I've been here a couple times where they were working on the Bloody Mary mix. Uh-huh. And it was, it, it was different than how I had it previously. Yeah. Still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> a little well, bit more spice, which I, I tend to enjoy myself.
0: Yeah, we actually, that was a big thing with us was how, how spicy do we make the Bloody Mary mix? Because Robert and I are spice freaks. Yeah. You know, nothing gets you going like eating those hot yellow peppers <laughs> when you got a spicy. I mean, some of our meals are just me going... <laughs> oh, Robert's there.
4: <laughs> You're holding your knee like Peter from yeah, Family Guy the whole time,
0: and, yeah, and doing exactly. that. But Robert really was was kind of headed up more of the cocktail program, and and really kind of did that. So I'll, I'll let him talk about that.
2: I mean, I think the, the, the drinks, you know, we have the same attitude and, and philosophy that we do with the food. You know, we're constantly tinkering and, and taking feedback from customers and tasting things ourselves and, and trying to trying to improve upon them. So, um, you know, the Bloody Mary mix was definitely uh, a project just to add a little bit more flavor, a little bit more heat. And I, I think, honestly, it's it's quite a bit better now than than, than it was, um, you know, when That's we first sure. started serving yeah. it.
4: How did you fine-tune your sangrias? I mean, because yeah, those, those huge. Those are, I mean, yeah, each one sure definitely people. has their, their specific flavors that they're hitting.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we do three sangrias here. We do the, the red, which is our most traditional, um, and then we do a white and a rosé. And, you know, we really kind of, uh, before we had hard alcohol, you know, we, we looked at flavors that people were using in, in drinks and, you know, being unable to, to be able to serve those things, you know, at, yeah. at, at Spitz, we realized well we could use wine and and the sangria concept, which you know is is a you know a very native to Spain, which is where this food's coming from in terms of Bryce being in Spain, and, and that's kind of how it fits in, um, and just uh, you know working with with those flavors, but using wine as the as the alcohol, yeah,
0: and like because the rosé we were inspired by a mojito, so we did rosé, uh, mint, apple, and lime, and that's kind of where it is, and and you know the the secret is, is uh in the simple syrup. And A the secret in any good drink is making your own syrups. Yes, making from scratch. your own yeah, so and that's one thing. We don't buy one pre made thing. And I think that's the biggest difference between us and any other run of the mill bar is Making your own stuff. Yeah, and it's well, easy. It's,
4: it's called a scratch bar.
0: Yeah. Any bar that's, exactly.
4: that makes their own stuff is, is called a scratch bar. And, 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 and taste it's it. easy.
0: And I tell this to people, you know, take, take, make simple syrup, which is equal parts sugar and water. So two cups sugar, two cups water, dissolve it, and then play around. Throw in, throw in cinnamon sticks. Throw in cardamom pods. Uh, you know, for our white wine one, which is a white wine, basil, and peach, we put a ton of basil in there and let that boil down and then strain it out. And that is what gives you those subtle flavors. Because, again, for us, we don't like drinks that are too sweet. In fact, that's a big thing for us. you know. But it's nice to have that balance. And you can really achieve that by doing a nice, simple syrup infused with a lot of things. And same with the alcohols. Getting those flavors in there without sugar, which is kind of what those companies do that make the pre-made stuff. Is and it's,
4: it's way of- important, too, because sugar equals hangover. Oh, yeah. Most people oh, don't realize that. Yes,
0: that's- yeah. I... <laughs> For all the cocktails we have, which I love, I drink vodka soda the most because I'm so adverse to sugar.
4: It's a, it's okay. a, a uh, endurance drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all an right, endurance drink. Yeah, it keeps you going. Yeah, so. exactly.
4: it keeps you hydrated. You my, can drink longer. Yeah. You are less hungover. I, that's my, my endurance drink. My
0: favorite drink we do is called uh, we call it the Aged and Confused, and that is we take our we have our own like mini oak barrels, and we put in tequila bourbon. Campari, uh, orange liqueur, and... A little vermouth. And a little bit of vermouth. Better so vermouth. those are things that you would never mix together in your own drink. Tequila and bourbon. Tequila and bourbon,
4: I
2: would right? never go there. And that's what <laughs> I
0: love about this drink is I tell people that and it's like, off the bat, you would not do that. But we let it age in the oak barrels uh, for a minimum of two weeks and we pour it right out of there over ice with a little bit of an orange peel as the garnish and... It is. It's like an old fashioned kind of, but it's I really sophisticated. That. You know, it's got a lot of high notes, low notes. The whole thing is just awesome. And, and it's, it's
4: not a pain in the ass for your bartender to make exactly. It? That, old that
0: highlights are exactly that. Highlights our entire philosophy, which is we can front load a lot of this work. You know, we can do all the prep ahead of time, age and stuff.
2: You right. know, we
0: can do those in bigger batches, and then when you order it. We're gonna pour it over ice and there it is. That that drink took us five seconds to give you.
2: But a ton of thought and love and yeah, you exactly. know thought went into it. So. Exactly,
0: but it's all in there. So that kind of is to me most emblematic of, of our idea of of what we're trying to do, which is provide really complex,
3: you know, flavors in a really easy to digest setting. Right. Now now in the bar you have a, the not unhappy hour, which is what you guys what yes. you guys call it. We like it's double a- negatives. Yeah, double. <laughs> Very good. And this is a Monday through Friday from three to seven p.m. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday, eleven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah. We got uh, deals on all the, the fantastic drinks you guys got here. Yeah.
0: We, uh, when we first came down here, uh, you know, obviously we knew we had to do a, a normal happy hour uh, weekdays, uh, and three years ago downtown was just starting, you know, starting to come up, and that's why we came down here. Previously, downtown here was a ghost town, and actually, I lived down here like six years ago, and you know, we almost got stabbed. Actually, <laughs> that's part so that's a- of the fun. <laughs> and actually, see, I mean- we I, in retrospect, I, I'm I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> um, but i ran so fast and like all I, I, I think about it afterward was holy crap i ran fast and yeah. that's why you love the olympics
4: right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> just it's, to it's all so
0: i remember oh, we, we, we like tried to go up to like a security guard to get in a building and the guy was like uh-uh not
4: letting you in, get in the hell away. <laughs> yeah. and it's
0: just funny seeing downtown now i mean robert lives down here now in, in one of the you know re- converted condo buildings mm-hmm. And just the amount of activity and everything down here is is a whole different thing. Yeah, it's, but, it's
4: gentrified. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a completely different culture yeah. here
0: than it yeah. was five years ago. So, But on the weekends, it was a ghost town. And, and so we had to do something. That's why we originally had our happy hour or not unhappy hour all day Saturday and Sunday. We were reminded of those. You guys ever see that commercial, like Crazy Gideon, who sells... Like alliances, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I crazy get in. Right. i lose money on every sale. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what went through our head sort of like <laughs> we gotta do something drastic because our weekdays were great, but it was like on the weekends yeah. it was killing us and it was just like, let's let's do something. What? Let's get people in here.
2: Every, every restaurant that's open on the weekends downtown, when all the people who work here go home go home, yeah. You're yeah. you're fighting over just such a much smaller, you know, yeah. group of people. And a lot of
0: them just used to close. Um, now our weekends are some of our greatest day. I mean, it's amazing that the swing, but it definitely put us, we had, it was just one of those things where like, we got it. Who cares?
4: And then Art Walk, I'm sure helps.
0: Art Walk art was works. big. We actually did a booth at Art Walk for like three or four art walks where we did our wraps right there. And, and that was a lot of fun. That kind of exposed us uh, as well, um, to, to a lot of the people down here. So it, it was, it was good. I mean, it was definitely, uh, we're, we're glad that downtown is, on its upswing, because it's it's just, it was definitely some, some hairy times, right, as you open up on those weekends. Man.
4: Well, me too, except for now I can't get an apartment around here. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of so our friends expensive. is trying to move down here,
0: and he's like, dude, this is insane. Places are extremely expensive and hard to find.
4: Yes, they are. I mean,
0: when I used to live down here, you could have whatever you wanted, as long as you would not be a vagrant.
4: You're talking about, uh, like, studios that are well-sized going for, like, 14 15 a month. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. That's a minimum.
2: Yeah. Uh, Bryce had the best tent down here, though. Oh, my god. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> my <laughs> had a view. Was, great sidewalk oh, space yeah. and a beautiful view. <laughs> yeah. And that barrel fire. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was funny. <laughs> Me
0: and my friend, we moved over. Kind It's of, still not that nice over there on 7th and Union, kind of MacArthur Park area, uh, in a great old building. Uh which is like a 2,000-square-foot loft. It was like big. We used to ride our skateboards around there and stuff. But we were just fresh out of college, and we had zero furniture to furnish the place. So imagine a 2,000-square-foot loft with two rinky-dink college beds, a couple skateboards, and a TV about the size of my computer. It's
4: it's basically where I live now. (laughs) They don't have freight elevators, and we couldn't get our couch set up. Uh, So the whole area is just... A yeah. huge breakdance area yeah. for yeah. everybody. It's fun. It it is fun. It is it's yeah. cool. And the view. I mean, where where on. are you living right now? I'm living at Park La Brea, okay. uh, over between Fairfax and La Brea on yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's it's a nice little area, but those tiny little elevators. Not a fan.
0: Wow. Not a fan. What do they expect you to do?
4: I don't know. Get bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skateboard. Build a half pipe. A <laughs> Quarter pipe. Uh was, oh, at, at some point I wanted to bring up how basically you guys uh went to Occidental and I and I I wanted to, am I saying that right? No.
2: Okay and uh Yeah, not, not not accidental. No, uh, definitely accidental. not. Right.
4: And and it's basically uh it's a liberal arts college and uh, it kind of fosters more of that positive thinking that you guys were talking about and I think that that ha- it didn't have anything to do with kind of like your perspective on things and how it influenced you uh and and how it kind of uh how you now involve yourself with a lot of like local things that are going on close to your restaurants.
0: I mean, absolutely. And I, I think we joke about, you know, I was a diplomacy and world affairs major and he was an English major and how those impractical applications really mean almost nothing in terms of that. But, but the liberal arts education did work very well in terms of, again, that critical thinking and that optimism and the, you know, idea of being a part of your community and part of the people around you and understanding you know that society is not a pre you know is does not have to be defined as others say it uh, that you are free to create your own reality in some respects
4: yeah and and i i guess that's why i kind of went down that road was because uh how you have say now a constrained optimism in the way that you approach things i think that it's carried over uh because i was reading online and I have to bring this up, but uh, you've participated in a lot of philanthropic work with your restaurants and how yeah. you have different specials where people can come in and uh, purchase certain menu items and a certain amount of money associated with that purchase goes towards X charity. And you've done this a number of times. I was wondering yeah. uh, if you could bring up a couple of instances. Of
2: sure. That. Yeah, I mean... So it, it's something we do almost weekly, uh, especially at the Eagle Rock location, with which... Um, You know, tons of the Occidental College uh, clubs and sports teams and dance production. And just last year, we started uh, working with the Alex's Lemonade Foundation, which is trying to find a cure for childhood cancer. We make a special lemonade sangria for the month of August. You know, every every, uh, glass sangria or lemonade that gets bought, um, you know, a dollar gets donated to them. And we raised over, you know, $2,000 for them last August. And it's our first year, so we're super excited to do it again. And you know it's a it's a really great thing you know once you get through you know all of the building of your business and you know get through the get through the weeds and the woods to be able to use it as you know also uh you know a place to to do things like that to to help people and yeah um,
0: so. i mean ultimately it's it's about taking care of the people who are taking care of you and again it comes back to not doing things for money you know more as creating a community a place that people like to be in. In a place that helps back, you know, helps people do the things that they want to do. So, I mean, any organization at any time can approach us and uh, request to do a fundraiser. And we'll set that up for you. And every 15% of every sale that you bring in within that fundraiser, we give back to you right in cash. Um, and for, for whatever it is you want. And, you know, we, we, it feels good, you know, it, and it, it feels good to do, do well while doing good. And that's, I think, Something that has always attracted to me, uh, me to business. And I think Robert as well is the ability to create something that is, is mutually beneficial to yourself and everyone around you, you know, and, and you're not taking because other people, you're not taking from people and, and, you know, siphoning off. You're more creating kind of a, a cycle where, where things are just good, good energy, good vibes. And ultimately money spread, you know, amongst, amongst the people that are with you and, and other, other people, you know, we like to pay our people well, you know, we like to have a good environment, you know, the whole thing. And, and what's great is all of that at the end of the day ends up making us more money to do other cool things right. with, you know, and that's the thing is, is kind of the long-term outlook, which I think a lot of people either through greed or, naivety or whatever it is you know go for the short sale on everything let me make a buck here and it just really economically makes sense and you can make way more money in the long run if that is your goal even by giving back and by being being you know open to to doing all these things so that's kind of what's great is it it feels like a win-win to to everyone on it and it sounds that that
4: way it sounds like with the right philosophy a lot a lot of hard work and uh, flipping you off every once in a while. <laughs> yes. it, it, it breeds success. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the, the takeaway really. Right? Yeah. <laughs> flip flip me off. The lesson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, as you can see, Robert and I have had a great history uh, growing up, uh, up in college together, and and through the business, and that that I think is the biggest piece of advice i give people when they when they ask, you know, what is it that creates a good business it is that partnership of, of trust specifically, you know, and, and that I know that he's on board with what, with, with what I'm doing. We don't even talk about it and we're both respect each other and are willing to listen to each other. And obviously that came through, you know, some tumultuous times as, as we created that, you know, but I think we both learned what's what I do well and what he does well. And, and we kind of back off or go forward uh, as needed and i think more than anything to tie back to that we both have that same business philosophy of let's do let's do good let's do let's do a good thing for for people and and be happy more than anything you know and and the money will come uh and and that's just not even really in our thoughts i don't think
3: very cool mm. Well, you make me very happy every time I come here. That's
2: <laughs> yes. Awesome! Well, wow, yeah, it's everyone. great to hear. I won't flick you off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: awesome! I like you. No, no, please flip me off. It's been, it's been working so <laughs> oh, that's far. True, right? yeah. That's the key to success, it turns out. But uh, right now, there's two locations: Little Tokyo and an Eagle Rock. With the third one coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, and we'll post links to the website for these locations, and as, as well as the new location when it does come out. Cool. Uh, so, in, in, you guys, we didn't even talk about your catering, your online ordering stuff. Yeah. There's, there's so many things that you guys do that it just, it's, it's, it makes it fun and easy for anybody to, to yeah. come here pretty much.
0: Yeah. We have two philosophies. One is, is don't be a dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's like when when we hire people,
0: I have this whole, we have this all this legal mumbo jumbo stuff in our packets and I just kind of, you know, we have to go through it, but at the end I kind of just look at it and say, listen... Don't be a dick, okay? Right. That's the bottom line. Don't treat people like dick. Don't be a dick yourself, or ass, or however you want to say it. Yeah, and, and I think the
3: message has come across because every time we come, we, we yeah. just have a great, great rapport that's with awesome the, with the bartender, the servers. Just yeah. we can sit there bullshitting or just about anything for a long time, and we just yeah. be, well, first of all, it keeps us here spending money, yeah, which, which is good for business, but it's also it's just a good experience. Yeah,
0: well, unlike other places you
3: go to eat where it's more of a transaction. I feel like this is an experience.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome to hear, and that honestly, hearing that feedback is honestly what it's all about for for myself and i, I think robert as well is just hearing, hearing happy
3: people is is what makes this all worthwhile very cool well uh, like i said we'll put the links on our website thanks thank you so much for having to you. cover yeah. their hours of operation uh, yeah sure for uh, for little tokyo the hours are from sunday to wednesday 11 a.m to 10 p.m thursday to saturday 11 a.m to midnight and then eagle rock monday through sunday 11 a.m to 10 p.m uh, curbside delivery available. Wow.
0: Yeah. we will. That is awesome. We will bring, <laughs> we, we try to make it easy to enjoy our food and it's not always easy in LA because there's no parking anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll, we'll bring your food out to you at the Eagle Rock location. Very Very cool. Cool. Everyone
2: can check out our website too, www.eatatspits.com. Yeah. Yes. And
0: facebook.com slash eatatspits.
3: Very good. Yeah.
2: Uh, thank you again very much. Thank you. Uh, this is great, guys.
0: Best of luck yeah. to you guys. You guys yeah. I'm sure
3: you guys will go very far. Well, thank so, you. Based on nice. the attitude and business model everything, I, I see nothing but good things. Awesome. Uh, thank you. So, thank you very much. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Rex.
2: Robert. Rice. L.A. is my
1: lady. She's always there for me.
0: L.A. is my lady. She knows how to care for me. No oh, lady sweeter, you know at the moment you meet her. I've been in love more times than I can.